Hey, it's Rick Kettner here, and welcome back to the Startup Vlog. This is episode number 11, and in this episode, we're gonna talk about how to choose a co-founder for your startup. Now, not every startup needs co-founders, but if you are looking to bring on a co-founder, in this episode, we're gonna talk about the kinds of things that you wanna be thinking about when choosing a good co-founder. This is very important because, of course, a great co-founder can make everything in your startup that much easier. It can improve your odds for success and just make it much easier for you to actually achieve the things that you need to achieve in order to get there, whereas, the wrong co-founder can actually slow down progress, make it more difficult to make choices, and actually impact the culture of your business if you see things very differently, for example, than another co-founder, or if you have multiple people and you don't really communicate very effectively with each other. All of those things can present a very real challenge and actually prevent your startup from ultimately being successful. So in this episode, we're gonna focus on three things. What makes a great co-founder? What makes a poor co-founder? And how to navigate difficult co-founder decisions. Let's begin with what makes a great co-founder. Now, ideally, you wanna choose co-founders that bring skills, abilities, or connections to the table that you yourself don't already have. So you wanna identify the kinds of things that are gonna play a key role in the potential success of your startup, and then if there are certain things that you yourself don't already bring to the table, you wanna identify other people that can fill in those gaps and ultimately make it more likely that your startup will be successful. That is the number one criteria by which you should judge a potential co-founder. Is it more likely that your business will be successful if you bring this person on to the team? Now, there are all kinds of positions that you will need to ultimately fill with employees or contract workers or things like this, and that's perfectly okay. You don't need to bring on everybody as a co-founder, but when it comes to core skills, things that could make or break the startup, where there's some skill that is fundamental to your success, those are the kinds of positions that typically you want to fill with a co-founder. That way, they have a vested interest in the success of the business, and just as a core team, you have everything that you need to make it more likely that you will, in fact, be successful. So as an example, back in 2003, I co-founded a business now known as Drumio in online music education. At the time, my strengths were, number one, I was an entrepreneur, I had a lot of background in website design and basic e-commerce at the time. I was heavily into marketing and business strategy and had a little bit of experience with product development, but I was not a competent drum educator. I didn't have that on-camera persona down. I wasn't comfortable in front of the camera. And so I happened to meet Jared Falk, he was actually my drum instructor at the time. He was an experienced drummer. He was an entrepreneur himself. He was very interested in business. He had sales experience as well. And when we combined our skills, the sum was greater than the individual parts. He had some key strengths that I did not have, and I had some strengths that he did not have. Now, very important to note, neither of us were irreplaceable. We didn't have completely unique skill sets. There are other people out there that had the marketing skills that I have and the website development skills that I have. And there are people out there, plenty of people that could sit in front of a camera and teach people how to play the drums who may in fact also have an entrepreneurial background. But, well, neither of us were necessarily perfect as co-founders, 
The skills that we brought to the table made it far more likely that the venture was going to be successful. So you don't need to find people that are absolutely perfect. What you wanna do instead is simply find people that have critical skills or connections or experience that will make it more likely that your startup will be successful. And again, more specifically, their skills should be related to the core premise of the business. In this case, Jared was a drum instructor and it was very valuable to have a face of the company who was a drum instructor. I'm a drummer, I can play the drums, but he was a competent educator, comfortable in front of the camera, and again, he had an entrepreneurial spirit and some business background and sales background. So he wasn't just someone random that happened to be able to teach the drums. He was a very great co-founder and partner and to this day is the face of the business. And again, there's no perfect co-founder, but generally speaking, you wanna find people that bring something valuable to the startup that you're unlikely to find in an employee or a contract worker. Now, when it comes to what makes a poor co-founder decision, there are many situations where you will need to hire very talented people, either in the form of employees or perhaps not actually hiring them, but using outside contract labor, where the skill or the ability they bring to the table is very valuable, but it isn't absolutely core to what it is that your startup is doing. It's necessary, it's an important role, but it isn't part of the core competency of the organization. And in such situations, it's far better to enter into an employment arrangement or a contract arrangement, or to simply postpone that activity altogether if you don't have the resources to pay for it. Because one of the most common mistakes that entrepreneurs ultimately make is they use the co-founder label and associated equity as an alternative to paying people fair market value. They might give them co-founder status, they might give them equity, and yet again, what they're bringing to the table isn't critical for the organization. It's all simply done as an effort to save some money and perhaps make it more likely that you can speed up the growth of the organization. And there are situations in which this can make a lot of sense, but as a general rule, I would avoid bringing somebody on as a co-founder simply as a means to save money or as a means to pay them below market value. I think that's a huge recipe for disaster in the future. If the startup ends up being highly successful, it can create all kinds of conflicts when it comes to the culture of the organization or the pace at which you can make decisions because Typically, co-founders all wanna have their say when it comes to major decisions, and this can really slow down certain aspects of the business that are critical for longer-term success. So simply bringing somebody on as a co-founder to alleviate expenses, in my opinion, is a mistake. There is the option to offer equity or things like this if you determine that that kind of arrangement is more likely to make your startup successful, but I would avoid bringing them on as a decision-making co-founder if their skills and what it is that they're bringing to the table isn't absolutely core to the success of the business. I'll give you a quick example. Really early on with Drumeo, Jared and I were offered the opportunity to bring somebody on who had expertise in the finance department. They had a lot of experience when it comes to accounting and things like that, and this individual offered us the option to bring him on as an equity partner, to have a small stake in the business in order to kind of solve this need that most businesses have to manage money and that sort of thing. But 
to do so not getting paid as an employee primarily, probably still wanted compensation, but they wanted equity and potentially some co-founder status. In this case, I think it was primarily about equity. And we turned that offer down primarily because of everything that I'm talking about here. I strongly believe that when it comes to co-founders, you want to choose people that are absolutely critical to the success of your business. They should address a core aspect that ultimately plays a major role in whether your business is or is not going to be successful in the future. And even though this can be a little bit of a difficult line to define at times, again, what it really comes down to is the core competencies of the organization. There are all kinds of things that are necessary that don't fit within the core competencies, but you wanna get very clear on the kind of strengths that are ultimately going to allow you to be successful. So going back to the example of Jared and I, Web design was important. Marketing was important. Having somebody comfortable in front of camera that could create content and be the face of the brand was important. Having some business strategy and some entrepreneurial experience, all of these things are very important. And as a leadership team, the two of us were able to make better choices by combining our experiences together and combining our skill sets. Now, when it comes to navigating difficult co-founder decisions, the unfortunate reality is there are no clear-cut rules. There is no perfect formula. There is no kind of guidance that can walk you through every different potential scenario you might face. So what I wanted to do is cover three really quick examples of the kinds of decisions you might face and share some of my thoughts to give you a better sense of how I personally would approach a few different scenarios. So scenario number one, someone demands co-founder status before joining, but they don't have a critical skill. So for example, someone seems like they would be a great fit for your startup, you reach out to bring them on as an employee, but in negotiating with them, it becomes very clear that they are unwilling to join the startup without getting co-founder status and the equity that might come along with co-founder status. Now, depending on exactly how they handle this situation, number one, I would reject the equity and co-founder position for all the reasons that we've talked about throughout this episode. They aren't addressing a core competency or core need of the organization, and therefore, generally speaking, it's better to bring them on as an employee or a contract worker. But again, depending on how they go about this, I would also be hesitant to even bring them onto the organization at all. Now, if they just simply requested that you consider them as a co-founder, that's one thing. But if they're demanding co-founder status and it's only after a lengthy negotiation that they are willing to come on as an employee initially, I would avoid this scenario entirely because that kind of mindset where somebody feels that they deserve co-founder status and that they deserve equity is a big red flag. And generally speaking, when you have somebody who is confident in their ability, they know they have a lot to bring to the table and to contribute to the organization, and they are a great communicator and a great fit well, typically they're willing to just simply join the organization, prove their value, get an equity deal at some point in the future when they go to renegotiate their compensation package, and they can work themselves into a position where they have kind of a say at the table or that sort of thing that is typically associated with being a founder or a co-founder. So when people are demanding status that doesn't really seem to align with what they're bringing to the table, that's a big red flag 
And generally speaking, I'm sure there are exceptions, but generally speaking, I would recommend that you avoid working with that kind of person entirely because you're far more likely to face future challenges and future difficulty when you bring somebody like that onto the team. Scenario number two, you want to bring on someone to fill a core role, but they don't feel like a cultural fit. It's very important that you have a great working relationship with any co-founders that you bring on. You need to have very good communication skills. You need to be able to share your perspectives with each other. And ultimately, you need to be able to make decisions as a team. Now, it's one thing to have a co-founder with whom you regularly disagree and you get into fierce debate and you simply really challenge each other to refine your ideas and make better decisions. So that's actually very healthy to routinely have different perspectives and to be able to defend your perspective and argue fiercely for what it is that you believe the startup should ultimately do in any given situation. But what isn't healthy is when you aren't able to communicate effectively. You can't reach decisions. You just simply don't really communicate communicate and work well together. That's a real problem because when you bring on a co-founder, well, you can't fire them in the future. You have to be able to work together. You need to be able to work together for months, years, and in some cases, even decades. So it's very important that when you bring somebody on as a co-founder, you're confident in your ability to work effectively with them. If you're at all concerned, then consider bringing them on as an employee or as contract labor, or if you're really, really concerned, then of course, just simply avoid that option altogether. Scenario number three, you and a co-founder have a friend who wants in on the action and is a hard worker. So in this situation, it's early days, you're just starting to piece together the startup, maybe you and a friend, you're looking at being co-founders and you have a third friend who doesn't necessarily bring a core or critical skill, but they want in on the action. You know they're a hard worker. You know that they bring some things to the table, but they don't necessarily bring a core competency to the table. Now. I intentionally brought in this example to demonstrate how things aren't always so clear cut. Now, we talked about throughout this entire episode the value of bringing on a core competency, and that remains true. But there are situations in which you may determine that it's better to bring on someone who you can trust, who you get along with very well, who you know you have very good communication with, and who ultimately is a hard worker and is going to be able to take on certain tasks that you and your other co-founder simply aren't ready to take on. So I share all of this to suggest that in certain situations, not as a rule, but in certain situations, this kind of decision to bring on a third co-founder may in fact make sense. It really depends on the context and it really depends on the ease with which you think you can bring on the people that you eventually will need to bring on as you scale up the startup. So if somebody is willing, if you have a close relationship, if you and the other co-founder work really well together and this third individual would kind of round out the team, even if they don't have a core critical skill, you may decide that the startup is better off. And this goes back to the filter that I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode. Your number one criteria here should be, will bringing this person on as a co-founder make it more likely that your startup will be successful? Now, 
Ultimately, so long as you're making the decision based on what is best for the startup and what is most likely to help the startup turn into a sustainable business, then you're probably on the right track. And keep in mind, there are always ways to change things out in the future. Just because somebody's a co-founder doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be part of the organization forever or that they're gonna continue to be on the payroll or in a decision-making position. So nothing is final, but as a general rule, as we've talked about throughout this episode, focus on bringing co-founders that bring a valuable skill or connection or ability to the organization that is core to its success and choose people based on whether or not they are likely to improve the odds for the startup's success. But anyway, that's it for this episode. In the very next episode, we are going to talk about how to choose startup metrics, how to identify the numbers that you can use to more effectively track the progress of your startup. If you have any questions or comments about anything that we covered here or anything that you would like to see covered in future episodes of this series, let me know down in the comment section. And of course, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you don't miss out on future episodes. Thank you for tuning in and I look forward to connecting with you again in the next one.